Welcome, welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life. My name is Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. Hopefully your day is off to a good start so far. I know mine is, and that's partly because I have pre-installed the Fantasy Store Online 2 New Genesis closed beta in preparation for this weekend when I finally get to jump in and see what this game is all about. Now, Hey, the first go around when it was on the Xbox, the Fantasy Star Online 2 closed beta, um, I got to—I think I got the chance to play probably like 10 or 15 hours. Unfortunately, with this one, I am working this weekend, so I'm not going to be able to get as much time. I know the first go around, you know, my wife just knew how much I wanted to play that game, and she was like, go ahead, just go for it. You know, I played a ton of that closed beta. This time with me working and that and with the puppy and the, you know, it's just, it's not going to work out. But you know what, it's probably for the better, because at least that first go around, um, you know, I knew kind of what was there, so I probably didn't need to spend as much time as I did, although progress was carrying over that time. Uh, but this time there's a lot new. So, you know, that first time I get to explore a lot, a lot of this, I really want it to count. I think as far as we know, none of this is carrying over uh, right now to the main game. So, um, but I am very interested to see just how this game plays. So hopefully you got into it. It is, as far as I know, only on PC. I thought it was going to be on the Xbox as well. Um, but as of right now, it's not. It's only on PC. But I'm preloaded. I actually went in, was able to get to where I could see my ship. And uh, it it's just, God, guys, I can't wait. But we'll talk about that more next week uh, with my hands on once I get in there. But uh, a little bit of housekeeping here before we get rolling. Don't forget, you can always follow me on Twitter at Marturk, at M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. And of course, you can always email the show at theenthuselife at gmail.com. But let's talk about probably the biggest story that probably dropped yesterday. And that is the uh, trailer for the new Venom movie. That's right. Venom, let there be carnage. We got our first glimpse at this film. Uh, it's coming out, remember, September 24th. Of course, Tom Hardy playing Eddie Brock and, uh, you know, just kind of hearing that Venom voice. And really looks like they're really doubling down kind of on like the, I hate to say this, but I mean, I've kind of seen this all around the internet and I guess it is probably the best way to describe it. Kind of the buddy cop type movie that this is going to be where you know, you see them in Brock's apartment and Venom is kind of shooting the tendrils out, cooking breakfast essentially for him. And, you know, on the wall it says no eating people. It's kind of being silly and, and kind of tongue in cheek in that. But, um, you know, there there have been kind of here as the years have gone on, some doubling down of that kind of being the relationship between Brock and the symbiote in the comics. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how much that uh, kind of plays into the film, but we did, of course, see Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy, which we saw at the very end of the last movie. Um, he's, of course, a murderous serial killer, for those that don't know. That is essentially where Carnage comes from, because you couple in not only the symbiote, but you combine that with a straight-up just serial killer. That's why Carnage is so vicious uh, compared to the other symbiotes, and even compared to Venom himself. You know, at least, even though the symbiote takes over and many times over Brock or whoever the host is, uh, when you couple it where the host himself is into murdering and killing everyone, I mean, that's obviously a, a recipe for disaster. And so that's what led to Carnage in the comics into Maximum Carnage. Now, everything we see looks cool. You know, the, the Venom, the special effects, all that looks awesome. We get a couple quick glimpses of Carnage. Um, and what seems to be kind of, I'm not going to say reenactments of specific moments from the comics, but from, you know, when I... when I saw the image of Carnage and kind of all the tendrils kind of shooting up over him uh, was very reminiscent of some panels I've seen in comics with Carnage. And I'm sure anybody who's read anything or seen anything of Carnage probably felt the same for you as well. Um, my only issue with this movie is, you know, I, I liked the first one. Actually, we watched it 
recently. It was on FX. And uh, we yes, we watched the televised version again. Um, but I hadn't seen it in a long time. And it's good. I mean, it, it's fun. You know, I, I being a Venom fan as a kid um, and even now, um, they did a they did a good job. I like Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. Um, I think my only issue with the first film was that really a couple things. One, we're minus Spider-Man. Like I don't, I wish we got our first introduction to Venom as the Eddie Brock that hates Peter Parker. You know, like that to me is really the true Venom story and not getting that has been a bit odd. Um, but whatever. I mean, that's, you know, par for the course. We're kind of just now to the point where the licensing and all that with the MCU and Sony, like that's just where we are with, with Venom as a character. Um, but also like the idea that we suddenly have all these symbiotes in that first movie, you see what four or five of them. And in the original, like introduction of Venom kind of becoming a good guy and with carnage and all that, that came first before we got all these other symbiotes. And I kind of wish we did carnage first, but they, I mean, the story that they wrote, it makes sense. Because, you know, coming from space and all the the uh, testing that they were doing in that first film, like, that makes sense. Um, but I just wish it, the story didn't roll out that way. So now we have Carnage, and it's like, all right, well, in the first film, we had, what, four or five murderous symbiotes. Of course, they weren't maybe as murderous as Carnage is going to be, but still, they were fighting Venom. They were still enemies. Um, and now we're just going to have one so how are they going to ramp up the threat here? I mean, is it truly going to be that Carnage is just out there just murdering people in the street in cold blood? I mean, that's the only way really they can do it, which is in the vein of Maximum Carnage. I mean, he's just killing everyone. I guess that makes him worse than the first symbiotes we see. I, mean, I guess the first symbiotes in the first film really just kind of want to get off Earth, right? Isn't that kind of the whole thing? They want to just take off. But I don't know. Now... Couple in with that, Woody Harrelson, I think he's going to play that Cletus Cassidy role well. He looks like a crazy person just in his everyday life. Um, he's played roles, you know, like natural born killers and things like that. I mean, he is just awesome as that style of, of character. So I think he's going to be great as Cletus. But again, I just, I think this kind of, you know, is going to fall a little bit short because that's still going to be cool. Still looking forward to it. You know, I'm sure it's going to be a fun ride. I just think. It could have been done better, but because of circumstances where we are, it is what it is, you know. But again, I wish Spider-Man somehow played a part of this. Now, I don't know Spider-Man coming into this now after this story has been told. Just, I don't know. Like, I don't want that, you know. I, I hope the MCU gets their chance to tell this story at some point. But now having Tom, not Tom Holland, Tom Hardy as... um Venom, you know, it just wouldn't make sense to kind of revert him back to the regular Eddie Brock and come in contact with the symbiote some other way. I don't know. I'm glad the movie exists. I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be great. But still, I think we could have been done better, you know, in hindsight now looking at it. But either way, go check the trailer out, man. It looks awesome. Carnage looks just fantastic. Um, some video game news breaking today. Uh, here before we started recording, there's a, a little leak coming out about the PSVR 2. Uh, a couple different things being um, reported on it now. This is com coming from uh, Upload VR, and they're reciting, or, uh, citing multiple reliable sources to their uh, story here. And so they're saying the PSVR 2 is going to have not only a 4K display, which I think is kind of expected from everyone, uh, but also eye tracking and hepatic feedback. 
uh, and more, which is kind of interesting. I mean, the 4K, obviously, we th- I think everybody kind of figured we were going to get that big step up, obviously, from the 1080p we had uh, on the original PlayStation VR. Um, but getting that hepatic feedback, like what is that going to mean in the headset? Like when you get a blast or punch, like imagine doing a boxing game, you're going to kind of feel that on your forehead. Uh, or if you get shot in a VR game, like what is that going to be like? Um, you know, I was even thinking like, if we do like an Iron Man VR two and and you know he's getting blasted, you're gonna feel that, or, or like maybe when you're spinning kind of through the uh, through uh, the sky, just falling, maybe there'll be something there, or maybe there's some way for them to kind of make it when you're flying forward to kind of make you feel like you're getting wind on your face. I don't know. That's me just kind of thinking outside the box. Um, but also this eye tracking is huge because one thing that uh, I think Valve's headset does this is. Um, it follows where your eyes are looking and where your eyes are looking, it's actually like processing the graphics in that more in that area and kind of on the fringes in your peripheral, it's kind of losing the resolution a little bit to give you more power and ability to what your eyes are focused on. Um, so that makes games be able to look better, to have better, um, you know, resolution and graphics and textures on, on, on things within the game. Um, which is really cool. You know, it kind of allows the developers to basically increase the quality of what players are looking at, um, which is a very, very neat feature. Now, they also said that there's going to be some sort of cameras on the outside to help kind of look with your um, like spatial adjustment to kind of where your hands are. Um, so that's going to be neat. They're going to kind of track the position of the controllers and um, I guess kind of reduce the amount of peripherals that are needed to make the headset work is what they're saying. Um, so that's pretty cool too. Now it also said that the headset will reportedly connect to the PlayStation 5 via a single USB-C cable. That's crazy. You think about, you know, the last PSVR we had freaking cords all over the place. Not this go around supposedly. So that'll be pretty sweet too. So, you know, this may be the headset that, you know, if you, if you, even if you have the original PlayStation VR like myself, this may be, you know, still a reason to go in and jump in because it's going to be a better, just a better version of that headset. Um, so I think a lot of people will be jumping into this. And, you know, if you haven't tried out the PSVR, you can probably get them pretty cheap now. They just had all those games. Hopefully, even if you don't have a PSVR, you grabbed them all. Um, I think Astrobot was on there, Moss, a um, bunch of different games. They had like 10 VR games or something were on there. Um, so hopefully you were able to grab those, even if you don't have a PSVR, cause you'll always be able to go back and check those out. And I'm sure right now you could probably get one of these pretty discounted, uh, either on Amazon or, you know, Walmart or one of those places. Um, so if you're interested in taking the jump into VR, I, I would recommend maybe go now, but then also, yeah, maybe just wait, maybe just wait. You might be able to get uh, a better headset soon. Uh, some other funny news here. This was actually posted over in our discord. I was talking recently about our arcade one up arcade one up our at games legends, Arcade Cabinet and how my daughter and I were playing Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Well, they've just announced that Zombies Ate My Neighbors and Ghoul Patrol are coming to the Switch on June 29th. So this is kind of interesting to see these kind of cult classics hitting the Switch. And it's funny that we were just talking about it. Uh, It's it's almost kind of like, I'm not going to say it's like Toe Jam and Earl, but it's basically you're walking around these levels as these kids. Uh, You can play two players co-op. And uh, you're kind of using guns and weapons and things that you find around fighting these zombies, basically saving your neighbors. And it is kind of like Toe Jam and Earl on that, you know, the the neighbors you're saving are kind of funny. You know, there's one guy in a pool on a float or there's uh, one guy out there grilling, acting like a goofball, like all just different things you're trying to save while fighting the zombies, get collectibles through each map. It's just a fun, you know, kind of old school game. Uh, and Ghoul Patrol is very similar. Both of them were actually made by uh, Lucas, uh, Lucasfilm 
games, which was uh, kind of interesting to you know see them. Remember, they kind of relaunched here in the last couple months. I think they're going back through the back catalog saying, what games could we put out? And obviously, this is one of them. So this isn't a remake. This is just a uh, you know kind of re-release of those classics. Uh, but you get them both, and they're coming again on June 29th. Uh, another gaming news here today. We also got uh, the big game list for Summer Games Done Quick. I always bring this up here on the show because I love watching this. Basically, if you're not familiar with it, it's a fundraiser uh, they do for a week straight and all day long. They play um, games like speedruns of games, and it's just awesome to watch. Generally, when it's not in the pandemic, they're doing it in person somewhere. They'll pick like a hotel and um, a bunch of people in a conference room, and they're playing. And The cool thing about these is they're not always necessarily going for records. They're just doing the speedruns and talking you through how they do it so that's really what's more interesting you know to watch somebody beat super mario brothers in four and a half minutes or whatever it is you know and uh so the list this year they have a couple interesting ones um they're doing a bayonetta uh new game run uh there's a legend of zelda breath of the wild all dungeons which is pretty cool super metroid 100 percent and 100 percent four-way race so four people all racing at once um super mario odyssey talk at two percent uh which is ridiculous um, and, uh, yeah, I think they're saying that's what 164 games are, are going to be run this year. An additional 52 will be reserved as backups and, uh, six are listed as bonuses. If certain donation incentives are met, which I can guarantee you they're going to meet them. I mean, they're always raising like almost $2 million every year on this. Uh, it's going to be running this year from, um, July 4th through the 11th. So we still got a little bit of time before that. Um, but if you've never watched them, I highly recommend it's cool. Just during that week, always on my lunch break, I'll always pop in. And, you know, they'll be playing some old NES or some old Genesis game. And it's always cool just to see that, you know, what whatever game it is. I remember one year on my lunch break, watched some guy beat uh, The Simpsons Bart versus The Space Mutants. And, like, I remember that game as a kid being impossible. But watching these people breeze through it, never get touched by an enemy, just crush it um, is incredible. And even games like, you know, you watch people do, like, uh, Ocarina of Time or Dark Souls. And they're using, like, little glitches within the maps or even Mario Kart, finding glitches within those tracks. Very cool to watch. So go check it out. Summer Games Done Quick. Just search it up. Check out all the different games. They'll give you the... I think, don't think the schedule is out yet. Just right now, it's the games. Uh, but they always put the schedule out as to when the games will be played. And you can always tune in uh, whatever works best for you for the games that you want to watch. Uh, all right. Well, finally here today, I want to ask, ask your advice. Uh, we are going to be playing some D&D again next week. And I'm very interested in picking up the player's guide. I actually don't have the player's guide right now. And... I kind of have two options, obviously. There's the D&D Beyond version, which you can get uh, through the app, or I can get the physical version. And so for you D&D players out there, my question to you is, if you had the choice for that first time buying the guide, how would you buy it? Would you buy it digital or what would you buy the physical copy? Part of me wants the physical copy just to have it kind of in my hand, you know, and be like, oh, I can just kind of flip through the pages. But, you know, to have it on my Kindle through the D&D app, you can jump to places easier. You know, if you're kind of reading through things, you see something, there's like hyperlinks kind of within the text. You can click and it brings you right there. I may go that route. Now, price-wise, about the same. It's actually just a few dollars more to get the physical version. At Walmart, I think it's 35. The digital version is 30. I don't know. So for you out there, you D&D players, give me the advice. Email me, theenthuslife at gmail.com. Hit me on Twitter, at Marturk, M-E-R-K-T-U-R-C. I want to know which version you think I should pick up 
for the player's guide. Now I know I don't need it, but I just, like I said, it's something that I kind of just want to have um, because there is some more info in there besides just the basic rules you can get through D&D Beyond or like in the starter set. Um, so I am interested in kind of getting that. So let me know. Uh, other than that, guys, have a great rest of your day. Hopefully tomorrow we'll get some good story drops, have some more fun things to talk about. And uh, until then, have a great rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time.